If you're a Christian man, the only thing probably tougher than being a married man is being a single man. I've had the experience of being both, and I can honestly tell you, I enjoyed being successfully single, but hands down, I'd prefer to be happily married. It's not because being single is bad or less than, it's just more challenging. We all face the temptations and lure of sex, lust, materialism, or even compromise, but our society is not set up to help the single person succeed. Rather, it's designed to push single men more towards selfishness rather than self-sacrifice. Thus, the reason why many men struggle once they do get married. So how do you succeed as a single Christian man in a sex-driven, self-serving society? Is it even possible? And is marriage the only solution? Well, I can't wait for you to meet today's guest. He's agreed to open up his life and share with us some of his secrets, struggles, and scars when it comes to being a single Christian man. Stay tuned because Real Men Connect is next. Welcome to Real Men Connect. Are you ready to be the extraordinary man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be? Then get ready to receive wisdom and guidance from some of the country's most respected men of faith as you learn everything you need to know to go from good man to great man God's way. No judgment, no shame. Just real men with real challenges seeking real change. All for God's glory. Hello, Mighty Men of God, and welcome to the Real Men Connect podcast, where we help good men become great men God's way. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Martin, and every week we interview some of the nation's most respected and accomplished men of faith to find out what it really takes to become the kind of husband, father, and spiritual leader God called and created us to be. Each interview session is packed with practical, proven biblical principles you can immediately apply in your relationships, on your job, and in your community. Today we have with us Jay Mayo, and Jay is the host of the Right to Real Love radio podcast, regarded as the number one relationship podcast for Christians. Now on his show, Jay Mayo explores relationship questions, topics, and issues that Christians struggle with, but often are afraid to talk about. Now I came across Jay while I was searching for new podcasts to add to my listening library. Specifically, I was looking for someone who could address being single and being Christian. And when I heard Jay's show, I knew he was the guy. His passion and love for the Lord resonated with me almost immediately. That's why I wanted to bring him on as a guest today, because I thought he would humbly, honestly, and boldly discuss the ups and downs of living the single life as a Christian man. So with that being said, welcome to the show, Jay. Thanks for being with us, man. Oh, man, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man, I'm chomping at the bit. We were talking before we came on the air, and I told you that um, I searched you out. Because I wanted to find a single man who's a Christian who loves the Lord, but is willing to be honest and open about the struggles of being a single man. Because even though our show is kind of geared towards uh, men who are typically husbands and fathers and, and spiritual leaders in their home, I also know that we have a lot of men out there who would like me because I've been I recently got married about three and a half years ago, who lived had to live the single life as a Christian man, and it is not easy. So um, I'm glad that you're on today and. Jay, we always start the show by asking our guests what their favorite Bible verse is. So if you don't mind sharing with our group, our listeners, what is your favorite Bible verse and why? Hands down, my favorite Bible verse is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. That verse changed my life. When I was at a transitional period in my life, that was the verse that kept me going until God provided me with a, a new rhema word that I could really just grab my hold grab my hand on and just never let go of. But that's one that I'll never lose sight of because of how dear it is to me and just how it reminds us of the number one purpose that we should be seeking in life. 
You know, I love that you mentioned that verse, Jay, because it seems like that verse, uh, Matthew 6, 33, I call it the breaking case of an emergency verse. <laughs> because when everything else is falling apart in your life, if you go back to that, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all, I love that word, all things will be added unto you. So I'm glad to hear that's your favorite Bible, Bible verse as well. Now, Jay, we're going to jump right into your story, man. Um, obviously, you have a very successful radio podcast with Right to Real Love, but I know there's a story behind it. So if you don't mind, because I, I I saw in, in oh, I went to your website and I saw some of the background information you had on there. You mentioned that you went through something, I guess, about three years ago. And I'm assuming that the right to real love was birthed out of that. So if you don't mind telling us, share with us your story and how what led you to this. Okay, most definitely. So I'll give you the shortest version I can because I know <laughs> okay. we're dealing with men and we like <laughs> to get straight to the point. So for most of my life, I followed the steps toward the quote unquote success, you know, get a good job, make a lot of money, all of that type of stuff, go to school, get degrees. I did all of those things and I reached the so-called top. And it wasn't until I was working in the corporate America, making good money, traveling on another person's dime and really just doing the things that most people try to attain in life. And I was so unfulfilled. And there was this huge void in my life and just within me. It was more so within me as opposed to what people could see on the outside. And long story short, what it was was the fact that I never understood or never knew that I had a purpose in life. And it wasn't until the end of 2013 that that became aware to me. And I began to seek to find out what is my purpose. And I'll tell you, I looked in so many of the wrong places and it wasn't until I exhausted Every book, every so-called motivational speaker that you could think of, and I realized that there was only one source uh, that could tell me or lead me towards my purpose, and that was God. So eventually what I did was I took a leap of faith because for me, I felt that life wasn't worth living unless I knew exactly what my purpose was. And I decided to take a leap of faith, seek God, trust Him, and just believe that He would reveal to me what my purpose in life is. And I haven't looked back since then. And here's the caveat that I will leave you with is I began seeking him diligently at the beginning of 2014. And my purpose was not actually revealed to me until this year in 2016. So when I say I seeked him, mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely seeked him. Mm -hmm. Now, Jay, let's let's go back then, um, because obviously this has been a process for you and a, mm -hmm. a journey for you that's led you to this purpose. And you were fulfilling that purpose. But take me back when you were younger, because I want, I want to get a picture of a glimpse of what kind of environment you came from that led you to thinking that the, the traditional success, because I came from the same kind of background of as far as thinking success is defined by what you do, what you make and how many people know who you are kind of thing. But take me back to um, what created that framework, that mindset for you. Take me back to when you were younger. OK, well, first and foremost, I was raised by a wonderful mother and I didn't have a father in my life. I, I knew who my father was and, you know, I maybe met him a handful of times. And then it came to a point where I was just kind of doing life on my own in regards to what I viewed as success. It really wasn't something that my mom ever sat down and told me, like, this is what success is. This is what it's not nor did anybody else really sit down and have that talk with me either. I just grasped what I thought success was based on the things that I saw other people chasing, the things that I saw people placing value in, and I just assumed 
based on what I was told in my family that, hey, you go to you go to high school, you graduate, you go to college, you get a degree, you go and get you a postdoc, you know, a post, what is it, post-secondary degree? Yeah, like, post-secondary yeah, degree. Yeah, post-secondary degree, you know, so the bachelor isn't enough in our day and age, right. they used to tell us. So go and get your master's. And after that, I was like, I'm done with school. Like, I did everything. All of those marks have been checked. And the next thing was to get a good job making a lot of money. And that's what I did. I got a good job. I uh, worked for an amazing employer, and I really enjoyed the experience that I had there. But I knew that what I was doing was not something that I was truly passionate about. And that's what led me to the point where I'm just like, yeah, I got a bunch of money in my account. I got all of these things that people are talking about are just so wonderful. But why do I feel incomplete? Why does it feel like there's something missing from my life? And honestly, one of the main things that was missing from my life that I wasn't even aware of was a relationship with God. Throughout the majority of my life, yes, I was a kid that grew up in church, but I never developed a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes, I heard certain things about the Bible, such as you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. Uh, you shouldn't have premarital sex, for example. You shouldn't be cursing and doing all of these other type of things. But Nobody ever sat down and said, here's in the word where it says that this is the reason why we shouldn't do those things. So it was more so I heard it, but I wasn't living it because I never was really truly taught. Right. So against you, so you suffer from some of the same things that a lot of men that we suffer for that we were told what, but not why and not shown how. Mm -hmm. um, to do most things. Now, I don't know, Jay, from your story, and you can share with us if, if you like, but a lot of guys, they share that, I call it their road to Damascus experience when something happens, typically tragically, like I know for me, it took me pretty much destroying my first marriage um, to realize that God, um, you're serious about having a relationship with you. Um, did it get to a point that you had a road to Damascus experience? Was it not as dramatic as that? Uh, what happened, I guess, was the crossroad that you that you reached that when you finally had you finally started listening to God. That's the funny thing about it, because you would think, especially I know myself, I'm very strong willed, can be hard headed at time. And you would think that I would need to be smacked in the face by God <laughs> right. in order for him to get things right. But it was just the opposite. It was more so like God was like the only way that I can get him to truly see me is to give him all of the things that people have told him are what is important in life. So for me, I was working a good job, making a lot of money, more than most people that I knew at the time. I was traveling every other weekend. And when it hit me smack dab in the faces, I had just came back from San Diego, got back to New York for work. And I'm sitting in a hotel by myself and I'm like, is this it? Yeah. Is this really it? I mean, yeah, it's amazing. I could go travel wherever I want every weekend and I'm not even paying for these trips. I get chauffeured around in cars based on what the line of work that I'm in. It's just like, yo, this is, is this it? Right. It was like I was experiencing things that on the outside was amazing. I mean, the first time I ever flew first class, I'm like, wow, God, like th this is an option to have somebody <laughs> drive you around and pick you up from the airport holding your name on the side. Like th this is real life for people. So the first thing it was like culture shock when I first got into that position. And then as I began to experience that for a period of months, it was just like, okay, all of this stuff is nice, but it doesn't complete me. It, it's not fulfilling me. Yeah, I get up and I go and do this work every day. But what I really longed for was what I was doing after work. You know, right. it says in the Bible that, you know, you cast your net in the daytime and then you, you make sure your hands are not idle at night. 
See, mm-hmm. I would go to work and I would do all of the corporate stuff during the day. But soon as I would get off work back in that hotel room, I would be working on at the time what was a blog that I was running up for discussion. The podcast that I was running at that time up for discussion podcast, as well as a few others uh, along the way. So that's where my true passion was. I enjoyed running a website, a blog. I enjoyed podcasting. It was something that I, 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 I longed for. It was something that I got enjoyment out of. Mm-hmm. My job was nothing more than at the time what I viewed as my source of income. But what I realized later on is that God is the only true source. And that was nothing more than a resource. And once I realized that it wasn't very hard for me to let it go. Amen. Amen. Now, Jay, before we jump into um, being a single man and some of the challenges that you, that a lot of single men are probably facing as Christian men living in a, a very secular and very um, pluralistic world where we look to pleasure ourselves more than anything else. I want to go back, though. You mentioned that you had a great mom. Yes. And, but your dad was kind of in. Yeah. She's still here. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Mama's still kicking. All right. And that, so she, she gave you a lot of the things that you did not receive from your dad, who's kind of in and out and you saw him on occasion, but let's get real and let's get raw, man. Um, what do you think it costs you, um, not having your dad there, even though your mom tried to do the best she could, cause my mom tried to do the same thing as a teenage mom. What did it cost you? You think personally, because your father wasn't there in the household. I would say that it cost me a lot not having a father in my life growing up. The preference, the spec- what I want to specify is having a father, not my father, because here's the thing that I know, and here's the reason why I understand that for my journey in life, I didn't need to have my father in my life because he would have led me away from Christ. You wouldn't be talking to me right now, <laughs> right. I believe, if my father was in my life. And that's not to say anything bad about yeah, him. Yeah, I understand. But I don't think that I would be where I was if I had not gone through the things that I've gone through. That's why one of, one of the things that a lot of people say is, you know, they have no regrets in life. And to a certain extent, that usually rubs me the wrong way because I'm one of those people that if I could go back and change some things, I definitely would. I know I would. There are some things that I regret having. (laughs) That's right. If I could go back and change them, I would. So I'm not Mr. I don't have any regrets. I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to change some stuff if I can. (laughs) Give me the ability to do it. I'm going to go back and get some things right the first time around. But in the instance of not having my father in my life, Are there things that I wish would have been different, even if it was just me and my mother or if my father was in my life? No question. But can I actually tell you specifically how life would have been different? I really don't know. I know that there were certain qualities that my father had that I was um, told about that I'm glad that I don't have. And maybe I don't have those same qualities based on the fact that I was not in his presence and I was not put in a position where I wanted to emulate this man that was in my life. But at the same time, not having a man there left a huge void as well. Because for me, there were things that I just was unaware of just based on the fact that I didn't have a man in my life. And if we keep it real simple for the guys, I would say one of the biggest hurdles that I faced throughout my life, not having a father figure or my actual father in my life was the whole approaching women thing. Man, mm-hmm. that is one of my Achilles heels. Like I, to the, to this day, it, it's one of those things that I can't, like some men just get up and go approach a woman because it was something, it was never something that I was taught. Rejection was something that hit me at a very young age. And instead of having a man in my life that could look at me and say, Jay, just because those two girls turned you down, it's not the end of the world. You know how many women that you're going to be able to talk to and interact with throughout your life? Don't worry about those girls. I didn't have anybody to say that. So mm-hmm. for me, 
I really internalized those two rejections from two women that I haven't seen in years. And it's just like, wow, the effects that something that can happen decades ago can still carry through our lives. So when I speak, like I told you earlier, about regrets in life, yeah, they're totally regrets. There are things that I wish could have been differently. But I think ultimately it led me to be the man that I am today. You know, and Jay, you, you mentioned about your dad not being there, the, the rejection and how to deal with approaching women. And I think there's an underlining thing that I hope the men can catch out there is that we as, as and I'm talking now as being boys growing into men, mm-hmm. that we need the affirmation of the father. And not like you said, not just our father, but the father. Yes. And because Jesus got the affirmation from God, he said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Yes. And if anyone who you would think would need any reminder of his, you know, of who he is and his identity, it would have been Jesus Christ. But mm-hmm. I think it was an example for us. And by your dad not being there and not teaching you about how to approach women, in a sense, he did not affirm you to give you the confidence of who you are, like you said, in Christ, because he probably did not have a relationship with Christ at the time. And so I, I think that's interesting because I think a lot of men, we we overcompensate for our lack of confidence and yep. we try to cover up with our bravado. But deep down inside, we're looking for affirmation. So I'm glad that um, that you were able to share that with us. Exactly. Now, can I, can I just share one thing? Yeah, here? go right ahead, Jay. The one thing that I wanted to add to what you stated is the importance of, like you stated, having a man that truly has a heart of, of God within him. Because there are a lot of ways that the situation that I just shared could go wrong. Mm-hmm. If I had a man in my life that would tell me, nah, don't worry about those girls. Women ain't nothing. You just sleep <laughs> right. with as many of you know, like you know how wrong it could go. Yeah. It, it, it takes the right man to tell you the right thing. And I would say the right thing to affirm to a child, like you were stating, is not the fact that, hey, you're gonna meet some other girls, or hey, don't worry about this rejection, you'll get over this in a moment. But he's to affirm the value that we have based on the fact that we are made in the image and according to the likeness of God. It's not based on the fact that, oh, son, you're gonna be able to approach, you know, have all of these other women. No, it's not about the surface level. It's about what's inside, knowing the truth that we all have value, not based on our exterior, but based on who we have living and residing within us. Amen. That's right. Absolutely. Now, now, Jay, do you have a relationship? Have you reestablished a relationship with your dad? Are you guys in contact with each other at all? No, actually, my father passed away last year. And yeah, I never spoke. I haven't spoken to my father since I was 18. Okay. Now, but, how, how has that impacted you now You know that you did? Because I had a chance to reconcile with my dad and we have a relationship um, now, but how did that impact you of not being able to resolve that with him? Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I think it's one of those things that maybe I would say that I buried to a certain extent mm-hmm. where I may not have actually reached that point where I've kind of addressed it. I think I have to a certain extent, but not fully. It's one of those things that I rather, if I'm just being real with you, rather just kind of sweep to the side and just right. say, Hey, you know, just, I'm not really concerned about it. I'm more so focused on, developing to developing into the man that God wants me to be. Now, I'm sure that there may come a time when I do have to approach that thing head on. But as of now, it's one of those things where I was just like, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to reconcile with him or talk to him. And 
it doesn't really bother me to the extent of it affects what I'm doing in life. Right. I'm not saying that in some surface level with inside, it doesn't have an effect because I'm sure it does. Like with most things, there's some type of effect. But I believe that in many cases we can bury it. And I think that's what I've done. And Jay, it's, I love how God moves and even through us interviewing and talking to each other, because I know and I think our listeners don't know this, that you, they know, obviously, you're single. But, yes. they, but they don't know that you've never been married no. and you don't have any children. Now, that being said, um, oh, I know I meant to say no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I said, you haven't forgotten, no, right? You don't have any no, children. He got kind of quiet. Like, no, I gotta make, you know, I, I had to catch myself like, no, nah, let me say no. So they sure about it. <laughs> no, no. But you're single, never been married, no children. And you mentioned about this relationship with your dad. And I can tell you this from working with a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of um, of um, boys who grow up and start dating, everything. You're right; it doesn't impact you right now. But I can tell you, and I can, and I'm not Nostradamus. I'm not a prophet, <laughs> but I can tell you that when you do get married, mm-hmm. and when you do have children, when that little boy, that little girl looks you, looks up to you, and calls you daddy, um, then you're gonna see the impact. That's why what I will hope and pray. For you, because I'm pretty sure you probably do have men in your life right now, is that you get surrounded, that God surrounds you with men like we have in Real Men Connect who are striving to be better husbands and better fathers and spiritual leaders who will kind of take you under their wing and help you through that process. Because that's what happened to me, Jay. It's the same thing. I think I don't need a man. I'm all right. I've been doing good by myself. But it wasn't until I became a father, not even a husband. But when I became a father, that's when I realized my inadequacies and I realized that, wow, I really need to fix this wound in my heart, you know, and have this resolve. And, but, Jay, you brought it up. But see, that's the part that only Christ can fix. Yes. So right. he has to you have, we have to humble ourselves and let him touch that part. But I don't want to you know, this is the show wasn't about us um, growing up as boys and, and <laughs> what, we, what we lacked. But I really want to get in dig into of the single life because man i got a lot of questions for you jay so first of all i'm just gonna go and most men i know the question that they tell me they struggle with when it comes to being single at least i also had to struggle is dealing with the sex part of abstaining and that kind of thing and i struggle with it and i fail with it as a man so i guess i'll start by asking you um as far as are you able are you abstaining right now as a single man well i'm celibate and here's the thing about it for a long time, I was what I would call fake celibate. Okay, and now what is what is fake celibate? Oh, I'm gonna tell you what <laughs> fake celibate is. Fake celibate is where you not having sex, but based on the fact that you're not having sex, you're like, yeah, I'm celibate because you know I'm not doing nothing. But when that opportunity arises, it presents itself. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you ain't got no conviction. You just got a preference, and what you prefer is that lady that's in front of you at the moment. So yeah, I was definitely fake celibate. There was a long time where I wasn't having sex, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm celibate. But really, all I was doing was abstaining from having sex. That that's the true. De- you know, there's a difference between abstaining and actually being celibate. And mm-hmm. I believe it boils down to the fact that one is a conviction, which is celibacy, and the other is a preference, abstinence. Because I can be abstinence one mo- abstinent one moment, and then in the next moment, I'm like, hey, I'm ready to get it in. Mm-hmm. But if I truly say that I'm celibate, this is a lifestyle, this is a way of life, this is a conviction that I have, and it far surpasses whatever is presented before me. And that's completely different. So for a long time, years, I was fake celibate. 
And now I am actually living a celibate lifestyle. Jay, you have no idea how that just blessed me here and that. Uh, because now I realize, because you just called me out, I was fake celibate. That's what I, that's what <laughs> I was. <laughs> Yo, when I shared that for the first time on the Right to Real Love Radio podcast, man, I got emails from people like, Oh my God, like I'm just excelibate. Like, oh my, oh my, like, yo, you just pulled my card. And I'm like, yo, I'm just telling y'all what I was doing. <laughs> I, I can, t- but you know what? That's definitely Holy Spirit led because that is true wisdom and a true revelation for a lot of people out there who are listening to that. Because I mean, I went years not having sex. But of course, like you said, but then I met my wife. <laughs> and then it just became, now you tell me it was just a preference, not a, yep. a commitment or a conviction. But maybe I'm putting too much information out there right now. But anyway, but I love the Here fact that you explained it that way. That is that is excellent. Now, with that being said, now, um, so you 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 made a commitment now, and it's a conviction now that yeah. you're going to remain celibate. But how do you do? Do you are you dating at all now, or do you date? I'm not dating right now, but last year I was dating, and it was it put me to the test. And here's the thing that I'll tell you about um, living and walking this journey with Jesus Christ is that the moment you speak something out of your mouth, you better prepare yourself for the test. And all I'll say is that since I launched the Right to Real Love radio podcast in 2014, man, there was a lot of things that I was speaking and sharing and insights that I was giving people. And oh my goodness, 2015, anybody that listened to the first episode that I dropped this year, oh my goodness, 2015 was not my year. 2015 (laughs) was the year of challenges. It was the year of tests. It was the year of everything you said in 2014, Jay. To all of those real lovers that was listening, Jay, we gonna test it and see (laughs) if you really live in that, Jay. And oh my goodness, it was some tests that I wasn't ready for, Mm -hmm. and it was some tests that I was ready for, and thankfully I passed those. But it's other ones that, hey, I know they coming back around because I didn't pass them the way that I was hoping that I would have when they came around. Like you stated, man, we are not perfect and i think it's one of those things that we have to be cognizant of is that every time we speak something it will be tested especially Mm -hmm. when we're talking about oh man i don't do this and Mm -hmm. i don't do that and you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that and you got god said and his (laughs) words yeah watch your mouth Watch your mouth is all I'm going to say. <laughs> and Jay, I'm glad you said it. Cause, and, and what I'm hoping that the, the men are getting out of here, because obviously you, you run this show and you people come to you for they want advice and that kind of thing. But you, what you're telling us is that you didn't go through this in a smooth path of getting to this place where you are, that it was a bumpy road and had a lot of detours along the way. But at the same time, you didn't get discouraged enough to quit. You just continued to, to move forward on this. Yes. So that is great to hear, man. That's very encouraging, and I'm sure for a lot of men out there to <laughs> listen to this. Now, but I'm going to ask you a, a tougher question, though, okay, so. because as obviously you realize now the right things to do, the wrong things to do, if, and I, this is now I want you to give us some advice. If you're dating out there, dating a woman, and you've made this commitment and this conviction that you're going to remain celibate, not just abstain and refrain from having sex, how do you, what suggestions do you give us for, how do you still build intimacy with the woman without the sex part? Because I think that's a challenge for a lot of men. Well, I think the first thing that needs to be done is ensure that you know what the definition of true intimacy is and understand that the sexual intimacy that most people refer to is nothing more than a byproduct of true intimacy. A true intimacy is first developed through a friendship with that individual. And you can make 
or I should say, you can develop a friendship without laying down with them. Right, you know, you right, don't need right. to be laying down with somebody in order to develop a friendship. You get to know somebody through conversations. I'm I'm one of the persons that I am somebody that truly believes that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. So I like to ask questions. I like to hear what's in a young lady's heart. What is it that she's saying? And then examine whether or not the things that are coming out of her mouth are matching up with what she's actually living. That's the way that you determine whether or not she has character. So in an instance where you are a single person and you have a desire to remain celibate, you have to make sure that your focus isn't on trying to get to know this woman in a physical sense, but getting to know her from a spiritual sense, getting to know her from the sense of who she is as an individual. What's her personality like? What what things are she aspiring to to do in life? Are the two of you in alignment? Those are the things that we should be focusing on, and that is how true intimacy is developed. Now, uh, as far as you say, you're not dating currently dating right now, but I guess you're still open to it. Is it something that you're pursuing, or are you just saying, "Well, I'll just see what happens"? How do you, how do you, do you have a desire to be in a relationship, or is you just going to let it happen naturally? Well, two of those things kind of coincide. I I do have a desire to be in a relationship, but not right now. And I am willing to allow it to happen naturally. That's what I want to happen. And with the situation last year, like I was sharing on the podcast before, is that it was one of those things where I tried to force it. I knew going into it that I wasn't in a position where a relationship was something that I needed to be focused on. But we get those feelings and things start to feel good and feel nice and you start to cloud your true judgment. You stop listening to the spirit telling you that, hey, listen, you're not ready for this. And that was the position that I found myself in is I had to come back to terms with understanding what has God called me to do in this season? And for me, that's walking out and fulfilling my purpose. There's things that I still need to do to develop myself into what a truly godly man is. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. Right. But for me, that's the main focus. I have to develop first into a man that is worthy of being in a relationship with a woman. And yes, I say worthy. You got to be worthy mm-hmm. of a woman and you have to be able to be at a position where she is going to gain something from having you in her life. Right. And I'm not just talking about what you do for her in the bedroom. Now, Jay, for that, the man out there who's listening and say, okay, Jay, I get it. That if I want to build, you know, I, I want to, ref, you know, not just abstain, but to remain celibate because I want to be faithful to God and be committed to him wholly and, and fully. But I find myself in a relationship and I want to build intimacy because that woman desires intimacy from me without the sex part. And you say, I must understand what intimacy is and seek to know her spiritually and get to connect with her on an emotional level. So it doesn't always have to be about the physical. Now he receives that Jay. He hears that. He says that, but he's also saying, but dude, I'm still a man. And when I look at her or I see her dressed in a certain kind of way, that kind of thing that I still find that the flesh is rising up in me and I'm being tempted. Um, How do you deal with that Jay as a single Christian man who's now have put his, put that stake in the ground and say, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to go against my God as opposed to just pursuing this, you know, pursuing this woman physically. But how do you deal with temptation? Honestly, for me, it all stems from the first message that Jesus Christ ever preached in Matthew chapter four, verse 17. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand or is near. 
And I know people may be like, what? What does that have to do with it? <laughs> well, you have to first understand what repentance means. Repentance means to change your mind. Exactly. That is the first objective. So if your mind isn't right, you are going to be having these illicit thoughts. You're going to have these explicit images running through your mind, and you're not going to know how to control them. I'm not saying that this is something that is going to happen overnight because it, it doesn't. But you have to be willing to do what Jesus instructed us to do, which is change your mind. Change the way you think about women. Change the way you think about what it means to get to know somebody. Change what you think it means to date somebody. Change what you think intimacy is. You have to change your mind. That is the only way that you're even going to be able to live a truly celibate lifestyle. You have to be able to change your mind. And maybe many people may be asking, well, what are you changing your mind to? Well, what we have to change our mind to is what Jesus Christ was letting us know, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If we are to be citizens in God's kingdom, we have to acknowledge the fact that first and foremost, he is the king in that kingdom. And if we want to reside under his rulership, then that means he becomes our Lord. Now, a lot of people call him Lord, Lord, and he even says it. A lot of people at the end of times, they're going to be like, we called you Lord, Lord, but he didn't know you. And that's because Lord means that he is your owner. Mm -hmm. You have to ask yourself, real men, go look in the mirror. Does God own you or do you own you? Mm -hmm. That was the problem with Adam and Eve in the beginning is that they didn't want God to own them. They wanted to own their own lives. It was all about independence. They didn't want to be dependent on God. So as a man, you have to repent, change your mind and stop living your life in control. You want to be completely and 100 percent dependent on God. And that's the one thing that I had to discover is that I can't ever be in a position to live a celibate lifestyle unless I first relinquish this independence that I've had over my life for all of these decades. I have to come to him and say that you are my Lord, you are my owner, and I'm going to be completely and 100 percent dependent on you. What your will is, is what I will do. And if something does not align with your will, I'm not doing it. Right. Now, Jay, um, if you don't mind me asking, tell our, our listening audience, how old are you? I'm 30 years old. Okay, because I could tell you, um, knowing from working with a lot of men, you have a very um, spiritually mature soul. And I know it hasn't been an easy journey for you because you're 30 years old, but I can tell that you are sold out. And I say sold out, S-O-U-L-E-D, sold out for Christ, because that wisdom does not come from you. That wisdom does come from the Lord. And that means you have been seeking him, like you said earlier in Matthew 6, yes. <laughs> And basically what you're saying here is that it's not enough just to call Jesus our Savior, which we know. But and that's he, the dangerous part right there. And I don't mean to cut you No, off. go right ahead. Go right ahead. Is... We have this misconception of Jesus as Savior, and a lot of people call him their Savior. But here's the thing that many people don't understand. Jesus cannot be your Savior unless he is first acknowledged as your Lord. Right. So you can't call him Savior unless he is your Lord. If you are not dependent on God, if you haven't given away all of this independence that we cherish so much in this society, in the world, that people hold so close and so dear to them, we have to relinquish that and say, Lord, that's not what I want. I don't want to be operating in this world system. What I want is to be living under your rulership, being a citizen in your kingdom. And I know that in order to do that, I am going to have to be 100% dependent on you the same way that he originally intended it to be from the very beginning. Right. And you mentioned about how that when we repent, it's a change of mind. And the word yes. tells us that we can't conform to the patterns of this world, but to be 
conformed, I mean, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so it is a change of mind, which really is a change of heart. Now, but let me ask you this. Give us some practical stuff that you do, because I know a lot of men... Some of them are trying out there to try to white knuckle it. <laughs> I'm trying to say, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to abstain. I'm going to not do it. And then they fall and then they try to get back on the horse again. And they find themselves going around that same mountain over and over again of giving into temptation. What practical things do you do as a single Christian man to keep your heart focused and sold out for Christ without falling to temptation? What practical things do you do? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people are not going to like my answer. Hey, let bring it, brother. <laughs> and here, here's why. Because a lot of people aren't going to be committed to do what I'm about to instruct them to do. Mm-hmm. It boils down to one word. Seek. I don't think that many people truly understand what it means to seek. Seeking is not something that you do passively. So, seeking is not something that you just do, oh, when I get time. Seeking is not something that you do when it fits into your schedule. When you truly make a decision to seek God, to gain an understanding of his kingdom, to live your life in right standing, righteously, that is something that is going to take an investment. It is something that is going to take time. It is something that you are going to have to do diligently, even when it seems like you're not producing the results that you want to produce. And that's why it has to be something that is truly a desire within your own heart. That's the key is you have to be the one that has a desire so strong for God that you will seek him at all costs just so that you can gain an understanding of what his kingdom is, what it means to live in his kingdom and what is required of you. And it's only through the process of gaining that understanding will you be able to do the things that we're talking about today. Because the key is, it's not about doing it in your own strength. I could get on here and tell you practical strategies like, don't watch that, don't do that, don't touch that, don't say that. But all of those things will be temporary fixes because your mind isn't right. Right. Your spirit isn't right. You don't have the true desire to live your life in accordance to God. And most importantly, you don't have what it requires. And what it requires is the grace that God has given us. And I know grace is one of those things that people have a true misconception of, especially in today's society. But grace is to have the ability to do what God has called us to do. Grace is not something that gives you the ability to do wrong thing and say, oh, well, I got grace, so I'm still saved. No, grace is just the opposite. Grace is meant to allow you to do things that are very difficult to do based on the fact that you have the ability that's being given to you from the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. So if you are talking about I have grace and you using it as an excuse to do wrong, you don't really understand what grace is, which once again goes back to the root. I'm telling you, Dr. Martin, the root is we have to repent. We have to change our mind. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest issue that faces a lot of people, both men and women, is just the fact that we've been indoctrinated in the world system for decades. And in order to truly understand what God is talking about, what it means when we live a life that's righteous and holy before God, is it takes us truly changing our mind and seeking him to gain an understanding of, Lord, what is it that I should be doing? What is it that you've called me to do? What did you purpose me to do? And it's only then that things will make sense and we'll have the grace, the ability to do what God has instructed us to do. You know, it goes back, like we said, back to Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first. But Jay, let me ask you this. What does that look like 
for the average man to seek him. Because again, think about this. If we've been raised, but not shown how to a lot of men, we hear this, but we don't know what that practically looks like in real mm-hmm. application. Now I have my ideas and you have your ideas because we've grown in Christ, but we just take for granted that men know how to seek him. So what advice would you give men on practically going to seek God to actually have a humble spirit to go seek him? How will they do that? Okay. Great question. And here's what I'll share. I'll share what I did. Mm-hmm. So taking you guys back to 2014 at the beginning of it, uh, or no, I'll take you back to 2013. The What was the catalyst that sparked the change in my life is at my church, they were offering something that they call Ambassador Bible Training School, which allows you to really dive deep and gain an understanding of God's word, more so than just hearing the pastor preach on Sunday, you actually Commit yourself the same way that we go to school and commit ourselves to things of the world, committing to learning God's word. That was the first step that I take. Mm-hmm. I made an investment. It wasn't free. It was not free. So let me just say that right now is when you plan to begin seeking God, it's going to cost you something. Right. And if it don't, you don't want it. That's right. And I'm going to just be real with you because God doesn't want anything that you offer him that don't cost you nothing. Let's go back to David. Remember when they had said, oh, no, you know, you can have this stuff. He was like, no, I'm going to buy that from you. (laughs) That's right. I'm not about to sacrifice nothing (laughs) to God that I didn't pay for. That's right. So first of all, don't be afraid to dig into your wallet because this isn't about you investing in no stock market. This is about you investing in your eternal future. And I hope and pray that that's something that's valuable to you. So for me, that meant first getting inside of that class. That was the first step that I took. What happened within there as I was gaining this knowledge and this understanding of things that I didn't even know? I'm looking at the Bible like, man, I never really understood or read this thing. Mm -hmm. The next thing that happened was one of the classes that we took introduced the kingdom of God. And I got the first book ever in my hand from Dr. Miles Monroe. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that is when my life truly changed. Here's the key thing that I tell people. I received that book. But receiving the book wasn't what made a difference. It was when I committed to read the book and I read the book during the break. We was off for like a winter break or something. And I was like, oh, I got this book. Instead of just letting it sit here until it's time to go to class, let me read this thing. I cracked it open and my mind was just blown. And from there, I consume so many books from Dr. Miles Monroe. If you can see my bookshelf right now, It's a plethora of his books Mm -hmm. all throughout 2014. That's all I did. In addition to reading my word every day and really seeking God in his word, I read books that had to do with helping me to gain an understanding of God's kingdom. I read books from Miles Monroe about the kingdom, on character, on overcoming Christless, on change. You know, the list goes on. The main one that really hit home was understanding the purpose and power of men and women. Yes. Blew my mind. Oh, that's what a real man is. And that's when that knowledge came. So for me, it was investing in that class, investing in these books. Then I started to go onto YouTube and find teachings of Dr. Miles Monroe. Began to just watch them every day, consistently, over and over and over, gaining an understanding of what it really means to operate in God's kingdom. And that was when I realized, oh my goodness, character, that's such a huge part in life. I didn't realize that until I started to just read these messages or watch these messages, read these books. I had got some downloaded. I ordered some stuff off of the website, had some teaching sent over in CDs, watching them, listening to them. That's what I did. I sought out 
to gain an understanding of God's kingdom. That is what it took. That's how I had to change my mind. There was a lot of things in the world. I turned off the TV. I stopped watching it. Mm-hmm. it it's nothing that it can bring me. I stopped listening. to. I didn't listen to the radio anyway, but hey, turn the radio off. I don't want to hear nothing. If it's not talking about God's kingdom, if it's not telling me how to live a righteous life, I don't want no parts of it. So for me, that's what I did. I made sacrifices. I gave up things that was in the world that people are like, oh yeah, let me go watch some Desperate Housewives and some Scandal and all that. No, no thank you. No, thank you. I, I want to watch this message on the kingdom so that I can understand the importance of purpose and how to operate in faith. So for me, that is what it practically was, and that's what it practically is to this day. And Jay, what you're basically saying, and this is a great way to reveal a man's heart, if you want to know what is drawing a man, look at where he spends his time and where yes. he spends his money. Exactly. And that's basically what you're saying. And and what you mentioned about Dr. Miles Monroe, because one of his books was the was the probably the catalyst that kind of changed everything for me. And mm-hmm. it was the book um, entitled In Pursuit of Purpose. And the, th- yeah, that book that changed right my life, man. I'm reading that one right now, man. Oh. It's blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah, it is blowing my mind. But yeah, that book, In Pursuit of Purpose, I would recommend every man out there, if he, if yeah. he hasn't um, read that book, he needs to read that book. It would change um, how you look at your, just the purpose of why we're here on this earth, why we're breathing. But the book you mentioned before, and I'm going to reiterate the title, because that book is a powerful book, and I'm so upset because I gave it to my brother and he never gave it back to me. But um, it was Understanding the Purpose and Power of Men. Yes. Let me repeat that title again. Understanding the Purpose and Power of of men. That book will mess you up <laughs> when it comes to why, what our role and our responsibility are as men. Yes. And so I'm glad that you reiterated that point that it made an impact in your life as well. Now, Jay, I want to ask you a question, and this is on behalf of, of now, I don't know, because you deal with a lot of relationship issues on your podcast. And so you, I think you will be qualified to answer this. It seems to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, but it seems to me that a lot of single women are settling for good men, but not godly men. You know what I'm saying? That they say they want a good man, but they and but now they'll say in church they want a godly man. But they find it hard to find, quote, a godly man who's a spiritual leader, who could be a person that that um, helps them grow in their faith. So they settle for rather having a good man. And they tell me, or at least I hear, because they say that a godly man is harder to find than even a good man. I want to know, how do you deal with that issue? Or what would you say to, especially for women? I know we still have women out there listening to this as well. And also at the same time, speak to men on what it takes to become a godly man that's worthy, like you said, that word worthy of being somebody's husband. Um, how do you address that issue on your show when they talk about that women say they can't find a godly man? Oh man, don't ask me these questions. They're not gonna like my answers. Oh, man, like, hey, bring it. Bring hear it. What I got to say, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Here is the era. The godly man, the good man. Oh my goodness. These are not the two options, ladies. It's about distinguishing the good man from the right man. Okay. Here's the thing. A godly man can be a good man. Just because he godly don't mean he's the right man for you. I and got that you. is the issue. Women are too focused on finding just any man or they're too focused on finding a good man or a great man or excellent man. All of those. Pick, a, pick an adjective. I really don't know <laughs> how you describe it. The key is trying to have the right man find you. Mm-hmm. You see what I just did there? 
Say that again. Y'all trying to find a good man, find a great man, find an excellent man, fill in the blank. The key is to be in position and be prepared for the right man to find you. And here's the thing. Are you a wife? Because remember, he who findeth a wife, not just a woman that's in waiting, mm. not just a good girlfriend, not just a boo thing. No. Are you preparing yourself to be a wife? That is where your focus should be. Not on, oh my goodness, where are the good men at? I can't find them. Where are the godly men? Are he, is he in church? Mm -hmm. Quit looking for him. Mm -hmm. Quit looking for him and look at you. Are you a wife? Are you? Mm -hmm. Most women are not. Right. Honestly, most women are not. You're not a wife. It's not about he who findeth a woman. No, it's he who findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. Now, so Jay, you know what? Now, you, now I love the fact that you said that 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 a preach right there. But now we're gonna lose all our women listeners out there. <laughs> but, but it needed to be said, and I'm glad that you said it. But let me go a step further then. So uh, for that man out there, how does he become the right man? The way that he becomes the right man is being in a position to learn what it means to truly be a godly man. And that is what the book that we were just talking about taught me and will teach any man who commits himself to investing in the book, The Purpose and Power of Men by Dr. Miles Monroe. Mm -hmm. It'll teach you that there are six purposes, qualities that a man is to fulfill if he's to truly become a godly man. We are to be visionaries. We are to be leaders. We are to be teachers. We are to be cultivators. Then we are to be the protectors, no, the providers and the protectors. Right. Here's the key. Most people only focus on those last two. The world only tells us that, hey, man, if you a real man, you got to provide and you got to protect. You got to protect and you got to provide. That's all you got to do. You do that. You a good man. Mm -hmm. You a great man. Mm -hmm. You the right man. No, right. You're no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. The mistake that many men make and many women make because they don't understand. That's the here's something else before I go on this, before I go there. I know we told the men to read Understanding the Purpose and Power of Men. I highly recommend that you also read Understanding the Purpose and Power of Women. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the women. Don't just grab the book that is, quote unquote, intended for you. You need to know both sides. Understanding yourself, yes, that's very important. But then in order to function and communicate properly with a woman or the opposite sex, you need to understand what what purpose did God create them for? Because otherwise, if you don't understand that purpose, you will misuse and abuse them. Right. So going back to what I was saying, men, you have to understand that the most important thing for you to have is a vision. That is the first thing that makes you worthy of being even able to approach a woman. If you don't have a vision, just shut up. Don't, don't even open your mouth to say anything to her. You are not ready. You are not worthy. Because the worst thing a woman can ever do is commit to a man who has no vision. Because women are meant to be helpmeets. But if you ain't got no vision, what's she going to help you with? Yeah, I know that's Nothing. right. She's sitting around the house, <laughs> bored. She's going to be nagging you to get up off your keister and go do something. And you're like, oh, what, what's wrong? I, I'm pro I'm providing for you. I'm protecting. Don't you see? I'm taking care of this house. I got I got the gun right here. Got the bank account filled with money. That's not enough. Right. It's not enough. Where's the vision? What is she helping you to attain? Do you even know your purpose in life? Do you? Is she helping you to fulfill it? Mm -hmm. Jay, this is great, man. This is awesome. And already, I can't believe the time is going by so fast. So you know what that means? It's time for the man up questions. <laughs> and Jay, that? these are just five quick questions, starting with the letters M A N U P. And they just require your honesty, which you're not going to have a problem with. <laughs> okay, so nah, nah. so the question is, are you ready, Jay? I'm ready. Let's do this. 
Okay, and guys, we'll get started right after this short break. If you're like most men in our audience, you're committed to becoming the man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be. But the truth of the matter is, you struggle with either finding the time or knowing where to start. That's exactly why I created the Real Men Spiritual Leader Blueprint to give you a step-by-step, easy-to-follow guide to spiritually leading your family, even if you're a new believer. Now, you can't buy the Real Men Spiritual Leader Blueprint, but you can get it for free by signing up for our free e-newsletter. By signing up, you will be notified anytime fresh content is added to my site, so you don't always have to visit my blog to stay up-to-date on the latest information. Now, to get your free copy of the Real Men Spiritual Leader Blueprint, just visit realmenconnect.com and simply enter your name and email address on the form on the page. So if you're tired of trying to figure it all out and fit it all in as the spiritual leader, provider, and protector of your family, don't miss your chance to discover how to be the man God called and created you to be. Sign up today at realmenconnect.com. All right, Jay. Here's the, the M stands for mistake. Okay. And the first question I want to ask you, what mistake did you learn the most from as a man in reference to relationships? In reference to relationships and life at all, as a whole, I would say the biggest mistake that is apparent to me is living a purpose less life yeah. and living independent of God. Those are the two most devastating mistakes that any person can make in life. If you are walking through life and you don't understand your purpose, oh my goodness, you are heading to destruction. If you are walking through life and you feel like you can handle things independent of God, either one, you're going to be walking towards destruction or you're going to not even be able to fulfill all that God has called you to do because you said, hey, God, I got it. You can uh, you, you can just sit on the bench. You know, and to quote Miles Monroe from the book you mentioned about In Pursuit mm-hmm. of Purpose, he says, if you don't know a pur- the purpose of a thing, he said, you will abuse the thing. Yes, indeed. And we can actually do that with our lives. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Now, Jay, the A represents attitude, stands for attitude. And if you could change one attitude in men, what would it be? Oh, man, this goes back to what we've been talking about. <laughs> the attitude that I would want to change in men is their attitude, their attitude towards being teachable. Mm-hmm. See, we cannot be the leaders and the teachers that I just told you we as men are intended to be. We can't be a cultivator unless we ourselves are willing to learn from other people. I mean, let's just use Jesus Christ as an example. If he is our Lord, the Lord of our life, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. then we should use him as our example. Remember, he submitted to the authority of John the Baptist and he was baptized into his school of thought. Only then could he become a master teacher of the gospel of the kingdom. So he himself made himself teachable. Mm -hmm. We have to do the same thing. If we don't have the attitude in which we come to somebody and say, hey, you know what, Dr. Martin, there's something I can learn from you. There's some things that I don't know that I know you can teach me. If we as men are unwilling to do that, then, oh, man, we are in for trouble. Jay, that is great. That is awesome. And now the, the end stands for next. And Jay, I know you're working on a lot of things and this is your passion, obviously. And it, it comes across so clearly to our, our listeners that you love helping men um, strengthen their relationships, helping women strengthen their relationships so they can get into the right relationships. But what's the next big thing you would attempt to do for God if you couldn't fail? Now, here's the thing. They're not going to like my answer again. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) See, see, going back to what we were talking about, In the Pursuit of Purpose, the book that we were talking about by Dr. Morale, what I've learned is when you know God's purpose for your life and you're walking in it, 
everything that you do and everything that you envision is big. And it seems like if you even try to attempt to do it, you're going to fail. But the quote unquote, as the world like to call it, the secret is this. When you're doing what God has purposed you to do, you can't fail. That, that's what most people don't understand. You can't fail if you're doing what God purposed you to do mm -hmm. because God's purpose will always prevail. And here's the thing. We have to be in a position to understand and remember that plans may change, but God's purpose will never change. It right. doesn't change. Right. So for me, everything that God has called me to do has seemed big. People look at Right to Real Love Radio and they praise and they talk about how good it is and all this. I'm looking at y'all like, if y'all only knew. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that I would be doing what I'm doing now, a six-day-a-week podcast? Are you, mm -hmm. are you serious? How, how do you sustain something to that magnitude? Yeah, I'm still shocked it's, that you're able to do that. <laughs> and it's only through Christ that I'm able to do that. Let's right. be real. And what I've learned is that we have to be able to see things through him. We have to be able to do these things through him. So for me, the next big thing is always going to be whatever he's called me to do. So it's always going to seem too big, and it's always going to seem like I'm going to fail. But the one thing that I know is now that I didn't know before is that I can't fail. As long as I'm fulfilling his purpose, it shall prevail. Right, right. Now, the you represents understand, and you kind of went there a little bit. But now, looking, if you would go back and you were younger, what was the one thing you didn't understand about being a man when you were younger that you understand now at the age of 30? Uh, yeah, like you said, we talked on this. It's understanding what God's original purpose for men is. I wasn't aware of the standard that I was designed and purposed to meet. But thankfully, now I know what a godly man is. And it's something that I'm working towards developing into. So for me, that was the biggest misunderstanding is just not knowing what was God's original purpose when he created the male man. Now, the last letter is P, J, and the P stands for problem. And as a mighty man of God, which you are. What problem in your life do you still struggle with as a single man, even today? Oh, man, hands down, it's being judgmental. I found it was challenging for me, even before I developed a relationship with God, having this, this thing inside of me that and just completely ignoring the plank in my own eye just because I see that splinter over there. And I found it even more challenging the more that God reveals to me and the more that he teaches me, the more that I learn about his kingdom, the more difficult I found it to not look at people and be like, oh, man, I'm cringing over here because they just don't understand. They're doing that wrong. But it's not about telling somebody, hey, you're doing that wrong. It's not for me to convict somebody. It's not for me to judge somebody. That's what the Holy Spirit is supposed to do. And for me, I've been in a process right now of learning how to be, compa how to be compassionate. Mm -hmm. how to be merciful, just as Jesus was, and not judgmental. I don't want to be like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the teachers of the law. I want to be somebody that's compassionate and merciful towards other people. And Jay, I appreciate you sharing that and being so honest and transparent, because I think a lot of us struggle with that. Um, I hear a lot of men ask me, Joe, why do, you know, especially if they're Christians, why do people do such and such? Why do they all do that? I said, you need to ask yourself the question, why do I do it? Yes. We may not do it the same way or to the same extent or the same degree, but we do it. And so God wants us to remain humble. Like you said, we're not the judge, but we are to be able to discern truth 
from falsehood. So I'm glad that you're honest and sharing that. Now, Jay, before we close out, um, what's the one thing you would want our listeners to remember most about this topic of being single as a Christian man and that this is not a burden that God has put on us, but actually a blessing that they can actually carry it as a, as a, a trophy, so to speak, to be a single man? What would be the one thing you like to leave with them? I would say the most important thing is for them to understand that they do have a purpose in life. That's the one thing that I want everybody listening to walk away knowing is that you have a purpose in life. And if you don't know what that purpose is, make a decision within your heart to begin seeking God to discover and to have it revealed to you what that purpose is. It's only based on that happening that you'll truly be able to live a fulfilling life. The struggles that you may be going through as a single man, all of those things stem from the fact that you don't know your purpose. That frustration, those challenges, they're there because the root cause is you don't know why you're here. You don't really understand what it means to be a man in God's eyes. So take the time to invest in the books that myself and Dr. Martin were sharing with you guys and understand that developing your character is so, so important as well. But the one thing that I want you to take away is just most importantly, discover your purpose. That's the only way I truly live a fulfilling life. Jay, what a blessing, man. I got to tell you, uh, I always recommend my podcast to uh, men out there, but especially this particular episode, I'm definitely going to make sure my son listens to this. Oh, that's what's up, man. Yo, yeah, he's, that, he's 19, get ready to turn 20. And, you know, you hear dad all the time, you know, preaching <laughs> character, doing all this other stuff. But when he hears, you don't know how good he got, <laughs> but you know, but when he hears your voice and hears the wisdom that you've shared with us today, because man, it has truly been a blessing. And the only thing I apologize for is that we ran out of time, <laughs> but I oh, got man. to a lot no, of I questions that I, I, I wanted to get to, <laughs> but Jay, man, what a blessing to have you on the show, man. And guys out there listening, man, we've come to the end of the podcast today, but don't you worry. We'll be back to do it all again next week with a new guest, with new insights and new lessons. So make sure you don't miss it. I'm still shocked on how Jay can do this six days a week when I'm struggling to get it done once a week. <laughs> but Jay, I'd like to thank Jay, Jay Mayo for joining us today, for being so gracious with the time. Jay, thank you for being on the show, man. Oh, man, I'm truly honored, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And Jay, quickly for our listeners, if they wanted to find out more about you and what you're doing over at uh, Right to Real Love, um, how could they find out more about you? How could they get in contact with you? The best thing to do is head over to the website, righttorreallove.com, or you can just Google it and it'll take you right there. You'll be able to listen to the podcast and learn more about me. And there's a little contact form over on the page, too. So if you have any questions in relation to what we talked about today, don't hesitate to send me an email either. All right. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate it. Appreciate that. And we'll also add that into the show notes as well. So for those of you who are driving out there and you can't write it down, we'll make sure that you'll be able to connect with Jay and his, his podcast. I'm telling you, his show is phenomenal. And you got a taste of him today. So you, you see what I'm talking about. So to all of you guys out there listening, please do us a favor. This is so important. Take about 30 seconds or so to go over to iTunes and rate the program. It's the best way to help us get this program in the hands, ears, and hearts of men just like you. And for those who have already left reviews, subscribe, download it. God bless you because we're rising up the charts and it's due to your obedience and your loyal following and sharing this podcast with others. So please continue to do that. So until next time, I'm Joe Martin, your man builder with RealMenConnect.com, reminding you that we are males by birth, but we are men by choice. So each and every day, choose to be the man God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible thing to waste. So until next time, stay strong, stay blessed, and as always, stay in his grip. Thank you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast, it's a mission. 
ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be. And the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out realmenconnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man God's way. Again, that's realmenconnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.